Welcome back everyone to the Footy Feast podcast, the place to tune into if you're hungry for more footy content. What's happening this week, fellas? Uh, not much. It's obviously the off-season now and trade period's finished. Um, so, I don't know, we're just catching up on all the little bits and pieces of uh, footy news at the moment. So, there's still stuff going on. Um, but yeah, not too bad this week. Rick? Yeah, I'm good. Um not footy related, but this weekend, best UFC card of the year. Going to have to get up at 3 a.m. to watch it before I go to work. So I'm going to be tired on Sunday, but good week. Let's go. All right, so we'll move straight into it. Um, we're going to move straight into the Stinky Saints. So uh, Brett Ratton signed on for a further two years to coach St. Kilda about three months ago, but was given the flick during the week. So what is going on here, fellas? Uh well in Australian sports it's it's unusual for a club to take um a coach back in the NRL it's happened a few times Manly took their coach back um Des Hadler Des Hasler after um flicking him a few years earlier um it says St Kilda Powerbrokers met with Ross Lyon for the second time I thought Ross Lyon was not even interested in coaching anymore I thought he was just like nap 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 to everyone um but. Clearly, he has a heart set on St. Kilda all along, and we just didn't know it. So, this could have been in the works for a while, and it could have been while he said no to Essendon, um, because this could have been like, he could have been pre-warned about this. Um, the stinky teams get stinkier. Well, I know we bash them and we say they are a stinky team, but their list does have potential, and he they're bringing in a better coach. So, they do have Max King. Like, it's not like they don't have a big key forward. They've got Jack Steele. They've got, like, one of the best rebounding defenders in Jack Sinclair in the back lines. Like, is there a chance that bringing in a new coach, fresh lift, new game plan, that the Stinky Saints actually won't be so stinky? Well, this was my question to you guys because I was reading an article by um, some things that Adam Cooney said on SEN, and he reckons that St. Kilda's list is stinky and the list they've got at the moment aren't capable of uh, winning a premiership and they only have a couple of A-grade midfield players and they're, um, he reckons there's only two or three A-grade talents on their entire list. So you've named a couple there, Rick, but what are your thoughts on that? I'm just looking. We are going to talk about their best 22, but I'm just having a quick look. Their list is full of a lot of role players. Like when you look through the list, Jack Sinclair's good. Josh Battle has his moments. Brad Crouch, you wouldn't say he's an A grader, but he's feels a good part of the role. Hunter Clark's pretty good if he can actually play. Um, I haven't watched enough of their games, but people are banging on about this Windhager guy. Jade Gresham, but once again, he's not a superstar. Max King's going to be a really good player one day, and then they have Ron Marshall and Jack Steele. So their list is pretty mediocre. Craig? Oh, I, I tend to agree. I think that they have a mediocre list and I think Ross Lyon will get the job done, but I think it's going to take a, a little bit of time before they get to before they get to that point. Um, they didn't trade anyone in. Um, they didn't trade anyone out either. Um, yeah, they did. 
they traded the guy that got fucked up and couldn't walk after the Western Bulldogs. <laughs> Man, no, oh, they traded an Ace Corny who got dropped um, for being the biggest drunk at the club. Um, I think that I couldn't see Ross Lyon bringing him up. I think he's going to have to rebuild the list. So, well, yeah. yeah. The other question I've got for you guys is, obviously, coming in to coach St. Kilda is not a quick fix. It's going to, like you said, it's going to take time. Is an experienced coach like Ross Lyon going to want to coach a team where there's going to have to be a bit of a grind and a build with the potential to that fail and tarnish his Well, someone made an interesting point. They said the first time he coached St. Kilda, he had Nick Rewalt, number one pick, Brennan Goddard, number one pick, Kaczynski was the number one pick, Lenny Hayes, Nick Del Santo. Like, he had talent on that list. Is there a Lenny Hayes? You could argue Steele is probably a Lenny Hayes clone. Is there a Nick Rewalt? Yeah, Max King could be that guy. There's no Kaczynski. I would argue there's probably no Goddard either. And a Nick Del Santo polish, I, I wouldn't think they had that either in the midfield. So they got some pieces, but I don't think they have enough. So do you, do you think with the list that they're just destined to fail and they're just going to get worse? Well, I just don't think they're going to get better. And if they're not better and they're not worse, they're sitting in that irrelevant 8th to 12th spot, I reckon, is where they sit. Yeah, they don't make finals next year. Um, how, how, how we're just on finals kind of um, finals talk there. When, how many years away do you think they are from being they have some good in the players, finals, but also not just, not just scraping in the finals, but being a contender for the finals? Well, they were in finals, what, last year? So, that the list like is said, capable. They're always, they're always, they're finishing, not, always finishing around yeah, that mid-table. they're not, they're that not mid capable table. of winning it. They can, they can get into the finals with a favourable draw, but I don't think they win it, and I don't think they win it for a while. Yeah, their their defence is very mediocre. Um, all the young players that people are hyping up, like Windhagen and that Mitch Owens or whatever his name is, they're all midfielders. You can't win a flag with just a bunch of midfielders. And first-year players. Yeah, and you need more better depth role players than what they have. Like, some of their defenders probably wouldn't even get a game at other clubs. About half their team wouldn't get a game at Geelong, Collingwood, Melbourne, Sydney, Fremantle, probably even Port. Crows maybe, but Crows would probably still be struggling to get a game in Port, um, the Crows team. So, no, that's not a quick fix for um, St Kilda. Only the only other thing I have, because I'm not 100 percent sure, when he was a coach, isn't he like very defensive minded, and that's why Frio sacked him. Oh, he didn't get sacked because he's defensive minded. He took him to a premiership, or not to a premiership, to grand a grand final. final, which they should have won the premiership um, very early on. And then as time went on, he had that sexual harassment allegation, and there were bits and pieces towards the end of his career, um, and that's why he got. Okay. Cut loose. And they weren't, they were middle table. They needed a refresh. Yeah. I just remember a lot of seeing articles about he wasn't, he was too, like Ken Hinckley has a stinky game plan, doesn't change. And like, I just remember seeing articles that he was way too defensively minded, which didn't let Frio kick a big enough score to win games. And yeah, but I mean, his defensive game plan made four grand finals. So he's definitely, his game plan is not an issue, but it needs to, Sort of do what Geelong did and take that game plan and evolve it into one that that can win on the last game of the year. 
Um, so is he capable of doing that? Surely he's got to be looking like, oh, I can do the fundamentals and defense and then move forward. So I think he's the best coach out there not coaching. So, yeah, that's a good appointment at least. All right. So that's a yay from you, Craig. Yeah, yeah I'm yay, yay for Osline. Yep. Yay yeah. for you. I agree. It's an upgrade on who they had. Agreed. All right. What's next, boys? North Melbourne. Uh, Rick, you want to talk about them? Yep. Floor's yours, mate. All right. Let me just quickly whip up my notes. Um, so, obviously, a lot of stuff in the media, North Melbourne aren't the best team. And then all of a sudden, they've dropped these three. Oh, well, I'm only going to talk about three of the players that come out. Yep. Um, obviously, the biggest one, I've also seen a lot of backlash online about this already, but they dropped Jed Anderson. So, he played 14 games for them this year. Keep in mind, he missed the start of the season because he didn't get the COVID vaccine in time and didn't have match fitness, wasn't in Melbourne training, etc. But he played every game from round eight onwards for this team, except one game where he got injured and then he comes straight back into the team. So if you're already at the bottom of the ladder and you're dropping the players you're willing to field and you don't have people that are ready to go right now, you're just detrimenting your club. So the same thing goes for Kane Turner. So he played 16 games this year. Um, mainly he missed games because of injury. As soon as he wasn't injured, straight back in the team. And Josh Walker played 15 games this year. Um, so 15 games out of 22. So they seen him as a best 22 player. So all three of these players were best 22. And then they've just cut them all loose. What do you reckon? Well, just looking at um, Jed Anderson's stats here uh, for the season. And he is above average in all of his stats this year, averaging 22 disposals a game. And you said he played 14 games. Yeah. But keep in mind, the first eight games he missed because of he refused to get the COVID vaccine as well. So as soon as he had match fitness, straight in that team. Well, he's not good enough anymore. They've gone past him. Oh, my God. I yawned right at the bad time. Um, they've gone past you, Anderson. They're bringing to in. To who? To the number two draft pick, the number three. They brought in Darcy Tucker. Ben Cunnington is now touchwood, cancer free, and he's back playing. Taron Thomas didn't play a lot of games. They you, have decided you? that. He is no longer in their future. He's in their present now, and if they're going to get better, he's not going to be part of getting them better. Same with he, the other two. Do you think he would have had any trade value? Oh, well, you think it was no one offered for him, so they just delisted yeah. him. Like, There's a few players out there like, oh, you could have traded for him, but if no one offers, then yeah. no one trades. But I think you'll find another home. Oh, Gold Coast have come out and said they're very interested in Jed yeah, Anderson. I, mean, I don't know about the other two. He might fit their list profile better because they're trying to win now and Kangaroo's like, we're not winning for 10 years, so you're going to be 40 by the time we start winning again, Jed. So, yeah, he's out. Walker's 29 as well. I actually think he's he's quite serviceable. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get picked up because he can play forward and back. And he was Kane, also rated elite for one-on-ones this year. Yeah, he, he's actually a, a pretty solid defender. And I don't know who they're going to stick back there with. Um, oh, obviously They've, Griffin Logue has taken his spot. Um, I think he could find a home as well in a in a contender for sure. He's a good depth player. Um, yeah, Kane Turner. Yeah, he's been a good servant, but he can go. He stinks. So this is a bit off topic now, but relative. So you, we just said that he didn't acquire any trade value but this do you feel like this is similar to Caleb Poulter so the Adelaide Crows flagged interest in Caleb Poulter then they didn't do a deal Colin would have now delisted him and the Crows are going to get him for free yeah I mean they have a talk about it and if the Crows want to offer pick 70 then Colin would be like sure we'll accept pick 70 but 
at the end of the day, there's no point. They're not going to use them picks. They don't need any father sons or anything like that. They don't need points. So just chop them. Like there's no, there's yeah, no point there's in keeping just, these just players. No point in enough. No, nah, they control. don't. And a lot of clubs know that. Like if there's a player that has some real value, the clubs know it. But these players here might seem okay, but um, at the end of the day, if no one wants them, then they'll just come up as the listed free agents, which is fair. I suppose, yeah, like in the grand scheme of things, like what are you going to get for that? Yeah, you're get a fourth, round, anyway. a fourth round pick is like some of it's worth it, but not really. Yeah. So, anything, anything else on North Melbourne? No, I just wanted to like, so they've dropped like 50 games worth of experience this year alone. Like I just feel for a team that's already so stinky, they ripping out three players that you've relied on this year just doesn't seem like the best idea to me. Like it makes sense that Jed Anderson's not going to be there for the next flag. But at the same time, like to completely delist someone that you've relied on heavily, I feel is just a bit of a bizarre tactic by the worst performing team, especially while Alistair Clarkson's not even there to contribute to these decisions or whether it was him behind closed doors, you don't know. But a lot I, of movement. I would at- say it would be. would be. He'd be heavily involved behind closed doors for sure. Yeah. Okay. Slightly off topic, but not off topic. Kangaroos want to keep Good Friday. Awesome. Who would be the best matchup for them? And let's remember that they are stinky. So it needs to be an equally stinky team. West Coast not from Melbourne, though. Wouldn't you want a Melbourne team to draw the biggest crowd? Essendon? Essendon, yeah. Well, that's true. Essendon could be one. Yeah, but Essendon could come out as a lot better team next year. Like, their list isn't anywhere near as bad as North Melbourne's no, list. No, but it's not that great either. But yeah. what, the closest what to them from Melbourne... I was about to say, what, what's next? Maybe from Hawthorne is the other one I was thinking because yeah, they just Hawthorne dropped all drop their good well. players. Yeah. So I reckon maybe a Hawthorne North um, maybe be the best uh, Good Friday game for them. I mean, at the end of the day... I just don't want them to come up against Geelong or something and just get yeah. flogged by 100 points because that... Yeah. That sucks. It's, it's not a good, good Friday viewing. At least give them a draw. That helps their good Friday. If they're going to keep it, match them with someone equally as crap. Yeah, well, I mean, they will, they will, and it'll be someone that's going to draw a crowd because AFL wants to yeah, gash as well. It's going to be Hawthorne, Essendon, one of those two probably the best. Maybe match. Collingwood. Well, they'll just pack it out if that's the case, but they'll <laughs> lose by a lot. I mean, that's fine with me. All right. What's next? All right, moving on. Craig has some inside Intel for us. What we got? Um, so I was reading an article and it's crossed um, my path that um, Richmond are a little bit ahead of the curb and I think some others might be as well. But what the article said was that Richmond did not want to trade out Ivan Soldo, their second Ruckman, because they believe in 2023 there will not be a medical sub and there will be a permanent five-man bench. With a permanent five-man bench, they can then play two Ruckman because they have that extra resting spot on the bench to keep a Ruckman if they need, if they're not versatile. Um, In further analysing this, I believe Melbourne is another team and, I mean, you possibly got Fremantle. All these teams that are stocked up on a second-quality Ruckman um, with that flexibility of the bench space now makes them look kind of like geniuses if that's how it goes forward because you have that extra play up your sleeve where they can obviously play forward, but then they can also sit on the bench. Um, You don't have to play them for the full length of time. Also has implications fantasy-wise. These Ruckman aren't playing as much game time. And then also, is a Ruckman the fifth player, a second Ruckman the fifth player you bring, or do you bring someone more versatile? Um, 
I know I'm hitting you boys with this. Um, mostly unprepared. Uh, but I don't know. Would you play two Ruckman if you were Port Rick with that extra bench spot? Or would you play a runner? I just want to say one thing first. I think it's a bad idea if this is the case because it just means the football's going to get more contested because everyone's going to be, like like you said, if you don't play a Ruckman and you play your fringe midfielder, so if you're Brisbane, for example, and you play the barometer, whatever his name is, you're just adding in a dude who's got so much extra leg power and eventually you can run over the other team by doing a pressure game plan. Um, yeah, I don't know what a club's going to do. Me personally, that's what I'd be doing. I'd be playing your utility player who's going to give you a lot of extra legs to help try to burn out the opposition. Because um, this could look like, like you said, Richmond are probably going to be one of the best people to benefit because their pressure game style used to swallow clubs. And if they can bring that back, they just brought in running power of Taranto, Hopper. They kept all their other mids. They might be gone for a run and burn out the other team strategy again. Um, or it does go the other way. For example, um, everyone knows I'm a Port Adelaide supporter, but we do have room for Georgiades now. Yep. So we could be using our extra to have that extra tool forward so we can still, if if the tools aren't working, go small. And you can just rest some of those um, forwards on the bench because then we've got Jeremy Finlayson or Charlie Dixon who can also pinch hit in the ruck as required as well. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they would do. But if I was a coach, I'd probably go for the utility player. Yeah, um, someone more flexible. Yeah, and then mainly for the aspect of the game's going to be more contested because there's going to be more players that actually know they're playing. Um, and, yeah, it'd be about burning out the other team before your team gets burnt out. Yeah. Pete, nothing to add on that one? No, I agree. So it's going to come down to the club and their tactic, whether or not it be they want an extra tall forward or an extra rock or like that utility player. So I think each club would have their own tactic on who they play. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how they line up in their first week. So I'm not sure if this is coming in, but the rumour the rumor bill is uh, churning that that could possibly be the way they're going next year. And, and that fifth player takes out the medi-sub, does it? Yeah, well, that takes out the medi-sub because you now just have those five players and everyone's the same. Yeah, well, the medi subs a piss take anyway because like well, it is. Well, that's why they're going to do it. They just fake injuries late in games and bring someone on. And if it wasn't required, yeah. then they're doing it. Well, that's it. They're just getting rid of the grey area and giving clubs more flexibility. Again, the fantasy implications I think would be massive though, having five full time players. Um, like you pointed out though, I do feel like it will benefit the ruckman the most because the club's never going to have a ruckman as a medi sub because it's a low. Low percentage play, like high, high risk, risk, low reward. reward. Like if your yep. ruckman gets injured, cool, that paid off for you. But if your ruckman doesn't get injured, it's almost irrelevant having yeah, the medi sub as a ruckman. Yeah. So you're right. This might help out ruckman long term, but yeah, I wouldn't use it that way. But that's probably the smartest strategical way to use it. If you have two good ruckmen like Melbourne do, obviously it's an easy play. But for the teams that don't, it makes it a lot harder. Like I wouldn't look at pros and say I'd play Strawn and O'Brien. I just don't think that would work at all. No. So you have to find that utility player, which is your Till Thorpe, who could do both and then, yeah, use more running power. So we're interested to see when AFL changes their rules, um, but I think that is definitely a high potential of coming in. All right. Let's like get it. into the crux of this, <clears throat> this uh, podcast, what we're here for. 
All right, so yeah, the biggest content this week is going to be the best 22 for all the teams. We're going to see how many we can roll through. Uh, we probably won't roll through all of them on this podcast, but um, we'll see how we go. So we'll go start in alphabetical order. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, we're going to just go down the page. All right, so Adelaide, back line, McPherson, Butts, Parnell, halfback, Brody Smith, Duday, uh, Chase Jones in the center, Dawson, Laird and Hinge, <clears throat> half forward, Rankin, Fogarty, Thilthorpe, uh, Ford, Rochelle, Walker, McAdam, following have O'Brien, Keys, and Barry, and on the interchange, Murray, Sloan, Saligo, and Schoenberg. Is there anyone that you would interchange there in that best 22? Uh, well, if we look at the list, I mean, the Crows' back line is okay, but it's not screaming a killer back line to me. I don't know if Tom Doty takes... Well, what does he play on? He'd play on Kerno if you're playing against Mackay Kerno from Colton. Looking at matchup wise, I think Nick Murray would probably start, and and Chase Jones could move out. Um, Dawson on a wing seems logical, but I imagine he'll just roll around everywhere. Rankin comes into the half forward line, and the half forward line I do really like. That is tasty, in anyone's book. Fogarty, Tillthorpe, Walker, Rochelle, Rankin. Adam has his good days. Yeah, Rick, what do you see on paper there that you like or don't like? Rochelle, deserves more. <clears throat> what, 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 or, what, where would he move him up the ground more? Or, well, I think it's time to see if he can be a midfielder now. Um, I'd start him off the bench and then throw him as the first interchange into the midfield. I feel like that's probably what they're doing with Saligio. I yep. can't pronounce his name. Love, go, yeah. love that guy. But I think Josh Rochelle, last year when Taylor Walker was on fire, you seen Josh Rochelle was irrelevant because the Crows have Taylor Walker eyes. And um, I just feel like that's wasting his development. Um, Isaac Rankin probably already has a bit more goal sense and knows how to do damage. So I'd have him deeper and either move Rochelle up further up the ground or give him more opportunity. As a midfielder, I reckon. Because it's not like the Crows are going to win a flag. It's time to develop your kids. Like No, they'll be pushing towards the finals next year, I think. You reckon? Yeah, I think they have the makings of it. The back line worries me a lot, but a midfield of Laird, Keys, Berry, Sloan back, um, Rochelle pushing up, Dawson, Schoenberg running through. I think there's potential there. Uh, they'll have a soft draw being a mid-team. Um I think they could push towards the very bottoms rungs of the eight. Absolutely. Only one game think, worse than Port this year. So, yeah, I'd be happy if they push in the outside. I think eight. that's what you'd be wanting. Yeah, as long as they push towards, I don't know, between that kind of nine to, nine to 11, 12 kind of position, if we end up there, I'd be happy with that outcome as a season. Yeah, I mean, just got to have a dream run, like, and, and things got to fall right and injuries and whatnot. Um, it also says here... That uh, we're just rolling through um, the Fox Sports article. Um, that uh, Matt Crouch, Lockie Murphy, Wayne Malira, and Josh Worrell miss out. I have Josh Worrell in the team, absolutely, at the expense of possibly a Chase Jones or a. Yeah, I think. I agree with that. He's solid. Malira. Rick, he was your boy to start the year. Are you off him now? You think he's a fair omission? Oh, I don't, because they changed his role. Like before, he got injured. 
yeah, I thought he would come back and he would be that running defender used as a wingman again, but he never got that roll back. And Did he have a spot on the bench or not? Nah, because they brought in nah. Isaac Rankin. He doesn't have the small forward role anymore. He's not He's not Josh Rochelle, Isaac Rankin level, so they're not going to play him. Yep. He, he's um, also very inconsistent. Yeah, I agree. Like some games he lights it up and other games he goes missing. Exactly. He's either on or off. There's no in-between. He should have been traded maybe. One <laughs> thing yeah. I think is odd though is Rory Sloan is a slow and old version of Rory Laird and like your um, Sam Berry. Like he's a oh. content. He's a contested player. I'd rather Matt Crouch, who's at least dishing the ball out sideways, to your Jordan Dawson's, your Josh Rochelle's, your Isaac Rankin's, like your classy, fast outside players, than having Rory Sloan just being old, slow, stinking it up. I think I, that's a bit rough. I think he's still got a spot in the team. He, um, he's, I mean, he's 32, um, so you'd have to give him a start of the year and see, see how he comes back, and he is a captain. Um, but this is a make or break year for him. Does he come back from the ACL really well or not? And if not, then you're right. He gets overtaken by a a Crouch potentially. Oh, I think Crouch would be above him now. I don't think you're not going to play your captain. I think he plays. He's the heart and soul of that club. He still tackles hard and he puts pressure on and his ball use is better than Matt Crouch. So should he be the captain? There's no way. No way Rory Sloan gets dropped over Matt Crouch. I wouldn't have thought so. Not yet anyway. No. He works too hard and puts in the effort that Matt Crouch doesn't. And Matt Crouch can't kick a ball to save his AFL career. Well, okay. All right. Well, I I agree. Um, Crows list I have somewhere just missing out on finals probably, but they'll be around the mark. Rick? Yeah. I have them not playing finals, but like ninth. They'll they'll improve on last year. Yeah. I they think should. some other teams are going to slide more than what they did, so they're going to improve. Yeah, yeah. they're on the up. Hey. Agreed. If we finish between 9 and 11 next season, I'll be happy with that as the outcome. Uh, right. Throwing it in early, I think the big difference is Fogarty's going to turn into the elite forward this year. He's going to overtake Tex Walker. How many goals? I'll say he'll kick more goals than Tex Walker. That's, that's, that's a pretty big call. That's a big call, but I like it. Someone's got it. Yeah. I mean, I like Tilthorpe like the more thing than is, I like Fogarty, but... Tex no. Walker comes out like a fucking Ferrari and then he runs out of fuel after eight rounds. So if he doesn't come out like a Ferrari in those first eight rounds, Fogarty's going to outkick him by a mile. Because yep. Fogarty come in super hot last year and that no. might have been showing the, the old passing of the gauntlet now that Tex Walker can't keep up and Fogarty come out and showed that he's going to be an absolute star. I agree. Tex Walker still kicked almost 50 goals, so... Fogarty needs to up his game a little bit more, but his end of the year shows that you're probably right. That's yeah. a good call. Go on, make can- a big call. You too. Go. Make a big call. Um, based on this, I think Josh Rochelle will kick more goals than Isaac Rankin. Oi, that's Ooh. a big call. That's bigger than mine. <laughs> that is a big call. All right, moving on to Brisbane. Oh, where's Lions. your big call? Go. One big call. Per team. We'll just do it per team. I think Jordan Dawson won't have as much of an impact in the centre as he did at halfback. Oh, good call. Spicy. That's spicy, actually. I like that. All right, I'll read out Brisbane's team. So, starting, obviously, back pocket. Daniel Rich, Harris Andrews, Darcy Gardner, halfback line, 
Kadeen Coleman, Marcus Adams, Brandon Stasevich, Centerline, Zach Bailey, Jared Berry, Hugh McCluggage, half forward line, Cam Rayner, Eric Hipwood, Jack Gunston, who's one of the ins, forward line, Charlie Cameron, Joe Danaher, Lincoln McCarthy, following Oscar McKinnery, Lockie Neal, Josh Dunkley, on the interchange with Will Ashcroft, Jared Lyons, Noah Ainsworth, and Dane Zorko. All right, Pete, you kick off this one. What do you think? What looks good? What looks bad? How does it look? I think their ins um, are pretty good from the off-season, especially where they're going to get Ashcroft, well, with the asterisks there. But uh, I don't know who you're going to – I think Ashcroft starts on the ball uh, on the field. Yep. That's what I reckon. He, um, everything from the off-season and um, – his write-ups that he can just slot straight into that team, even with bringing Dunkley into the side. I mean, if your bench is Will Ashcroft, Jared Lyons, and Dane Zorko, that's about <laughs> six best and fairest, seven, and a future half a dozen brown uh, best and fairest as well in Ashcroft. Um, Backline solid. Um, midfield, does Zach Bailey move up onto a wing permanently? Is that going to happen? Or is he too damaging forward? Um, the thing is, Brisbane uh, have a lot of hybrid, hybrid yeah. players. So, like, yeah. you've got you've got Zach Bailey, you've got Lincoln McCarthy, you've Rainer. got Josh, Josh Dunkley, Dunkley, Cam Rayner. Like all of these players, Zorko, they're yep. not small forwards. Some of them aren't midfielders, so they float in the spectrum between. Is that their weakness then? Yeah, I think so. Do they've they got have really. Too many? They've got to figure out that balance really early in the season on where those hybrid players are going to play because they can't just keep swapping and changing all the time because that team dynamics just won't work. They're but, one good key forward away from being unstoppable. Well, that's I what Gunston's supposed to be because he yeah, but he's was not a good key forward. I'm I talking mean, like if they had Jeremy Cameron, they'd smoke everyone. Like because everything like imagine having Jeremy Cameron like a really good key forward and then having. Charlie Cameron, like, so, so dangerous. Like, Lincoln McCarthy pops up for goals all the time. Like, criminally underrated player. Yeah, I like, like Lincoln McCarthy. Like, Cam Rain is good for a goal a game. Like, Jack Gunston is going to be really good in this team with no focus on him. Like, yep. Joe Danaher is the weakness of the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, well, he didn't have a great year last year. It would slowly got going towards the end of the year. Um, there's a lot to like about this team on paper, like... That is a strong midfield that you can put Barry McCluggage, Bailey, Rayner, um, Neil Dunkley, Ashcroft, Lyons, Zorko, all through the middle. That's about nine midfielders that you go in very comfortable that they can win their own ball. Well, I'm pretty sure the, the games where Dunahair didn't play, Hipwood absolutely dominated. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, he might, be, he might actually be bringing the team down. I, I do think he's detrimental to the club. Like... Because he's not the best mark, he's not an accurate goal kicker, and for how many dangerous combinations they could have in that forward line, I just don't feel he's the best suited fit for the team. Like maybe try Jack Gunson as your full forward and throw I think they like will. A, yeah, I think I think Joe Danaher moves up the ground. He would be better as a like a as Nick your centre half forward and Rome because he's got no, a big no. tank. Well, he's I think skinny. he would. He's yeah. got that Jeremy Cameron, like you said. He goes up, 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 and then pushes hard back if he's got the tank. And that's where I think he should, he would play his best footy. So yeah. Gunston to full forward and him up to half forward yeah. flank. He's got a 65, 70 metre barrel on yeah. him as well. Yeah. 
Correct. I think um, that's so probably not a bad move. Here's one. Like, we did touch on it. So they've got all these hybrid, <coughs> not really midfielders, not really forwards. Does Josh Dunkley even rest forward for them? Or do you reckon he goes straight to the bench? Uh, I think Dunkley... Well, I think Dunkley just plays pure mid. I mean, they have yeah. to play him pure mid. I, I think th- so. That helps Neil. He's a huge body in there. He's an upgrade on Berry. He's an upgrade on McCluggage as far as... Oh, he's automatically their second best midfielder. Upgrade on Zorko, Lions. I mean, yeah, he is. He comes in just behind Lockie Neal as a second best midfielder straight away. So I think he needs to be permanent midfield. That's his position. Like Neal's yep. is. Neal doesn't play anywhere else. He just plays ball. Dunkley plays ball all the time. And they rotate the others through, mm-hmm. other than when he has the rest. I agree. Zach Bailey to the wing's not a bad idea with McCluggage either. The only problem is they're both ultra-attacking wingmen. Yeah. Like, they don't have a defensively-minded wingman with this Yeah, I mean, um, McCluggage, yeah, okay, fair. McCluggage, um, like, kicks shitloads of goals for the Brisbane. Well, is there, yeah. I mean, all right, on paper, I have them, they should be back in the top four this year. Yeah, agreed. I agree. Well, I mean, look at that list. You can't argue with that. On paper, top four. Yeah. Um, Rick, what's your big big call for Brisbane? Will Ashcroft is not going to be as good as everyone thinks he's going to be. He's going to have a bad first year. <laughs> that is a that is probably the biggest call I've ever heard. That is going to face blunt. Um, shit. What's my big call? Oh boy. Um, virtually no holes in the deepest lineup. Yeah, I agree. Um, fuck. <laughs> I am going to say that Cam Rayner does not improve. He's peaked. He's not going to be the number one pick that he was added to be. Yeah, I think he needs to leave Brisbane, to be fair, to get better. I, don't I actually think- don't mind that. I think he does. Like I don't think said, he's, he's got a lot of similar players to him in there. He's Josh Dunkley light now for Brisbane. Yeah, he is, but not as good. Yeah, exactly. So, Light. <laughs> I think his, his ceiling at Brisbane is, we've seen it. That's my big call. I'm going the opposite to you, Rick. And Ashcroft is going to come in to this team and absolutely dominate because of the list that Brisbane has and the support that he's going to have. You said it the last couple of podcasts. You're saying JHF didn't have support. Dacos did. Ashcroft is going to have a good team to support him and he's going to come in and dominate. I love that call. All right, but I want some clarity on it. Better than Dacos or better than Walsh first year? Well, see, so Dacos is the best first well, year. Walsh is the next best, so you're saying? Well, I'd say they're tied first. Their years were comparable, but and considering they were different positions, you, they're yeah, at they're, the peak of what positions. a first year looks like. Like yeah. a first yeah, okay. year player, Dacos set the bar of the best ever defensive First year player, Sam Walsh probably set the standard of the best ever midfield first year player. So you're saying oh so you're saying he'll be better than Sam Walsh's first year? Well, he's gonna be on par. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big call. I'll take it, but I like it. Uh I guess I'm reading out Carlton now. Okay. Carlton have Caleb Marchbank, Jacob Weedering, Lewis Young, Adam Saad, Mitch McGovern, Sam Doherty. Blake Akers is a new boy on the wing, takes that spot. Patrick Cripps, Adam Chera, the Triceratops on the wing. Jack Martin, I don't even know he still played. Charlie Kerno, Jack Silvani, Zach Fisher, Harry McKay, Jesse Motlop. Uh, Pitney, Walsh, Hewitt is back. DeConning, Kennedy, Newman, Williams, the only in for them is Blake Akers. 
Um, Rick, I guess it's your turn. Lead it off. Um, what do you like? Not like? Yeah, you know the drill. Yeah, once I actually really like Carlton's list. Um, I just don't feel like right now they're not the best, but they're going to be like a Geelong. Like, give them time. This team's going to. I think they'll play finals this year. Like, they'll improve enough to make the eight. Um. But in the fact of can I think they can win it next year, I'd have to say no. Um, Blake Akers wasn't a big enough in, but I do feel their natural progression through the team is going to be better. Um, they have arguably two of the best key forwards in the AFL. If you've got that, there's a good chance that you are really going to do damage and you're going to have a viable side. Um Saying that, though, if either of them get injured, I do feel they're very reliant on those two as their forwards. Like, Zach Fisher, not great. Jesse Motlop, haven't seen what he can really do. Jack Silvani is your hybrid player. He can't fill the role of a key forward. And like Craig said, Jack Martin is not that great. So they don't have enough forward line depth to cover if Charlie Kernow does get injured again or if Harry Mackay goes down. Um, And they're also a club that's brought in a lot of B-grade midfielders and expect them to be able to play other roles. Um, but, yeah, I also think Patrick Cripps is probably going to taper back down again. Um, he's shown a pattern of doing this before. He was an A-grader, then he dropped to a B-grader, now he's an A-grader again. And, yeah, I just don't know what you're going to get out of Patrick Cripps. Um, Peter Nett back in the ruck is their main ruck. That's surprising. Tom DeConning's a good kid. Um, but, yeah, I think they'll play finals, but I don't think they can win the big dance. Yeah. Okay. The first thing I think looking at this list, being as we just talked about Brisbane, is is the midfield. Is it of the quality of Brisbane's midfield? Cripps, Chera, Walsh, Hewitt, Kennedy, Akers. I didn't even include wingmen in there. I was talking about players on the ball, but Akers. Zach Williams. I mean, that, does not, I don't, I don't that doesn't even compare to Brisbane's no, on paper. Not to Brisbane's. I mean, Walsh and Cripps are like elite, elite, elite. And then it drops off a lot to uh, Kennedy's, Hewitt's, Chera's. I yeah. mean, we named about nine Brisbane players to roll through the middle that I'd be comfortable with. And I reckon I got about five from Colton. The thing is, though, George Hewitt allows Sam Walsh and Patrick Cripps to play the role they do. He is very defensively minded. Yeah, I agree, but... Yeah. He's not. Oh, the depth oh, isn't the, there. The depth is not there, and I think that's where their biggest hole is because I like their back line. Like, having Doherty and Saad, like, they're amazing back there. Um, yeah, the forward line is obviously, as you said, I like the two tools, and I like Jesse Motlop, but it really drops off after that. And, yeah, the, I just think they really lack the... A grade quality after the top of the tree. Yeah, they've got they've got like seven A graders and then a lot of role players. Yeah, and I reckon it drops a lot to like C graders and and very few B players. So yeah, I think that's where their biggest hole is. But they should play finals, in my opinion. Yeah, the list does uh, definitely doesn't have as much depth um, as we just talked about with Brisbane. Um, I don't mind their team on paper though; it's not too bad. But I think they'll be. They'll be bottom uh, bottom end of making the finals. Yep, yeah, I think I have them. Um, yeah, I'm happy with five to eight. Sounds fair. 
my big call is Patrick Cripps declines from here and he's not going to be this monster who's kicking three goals a game and having 30 touches. That was literally exactly what I was going to say. He's won the brown low. He's going to let the youngsters come up through the ranks. He'll guide them more. He'll support them in the midfield, but he will um, definitely taper off a lot this year. So Sam Walsh overtakes Cripps again. Yeah, Sam yeah. Walsh becomes Batman. Yeah, 100%. Uh, fuck, what's my big call? Um, my big call is that... I want to add another one too as well. Another big call. Yeah, yeah, go for it while I'm thinking. Carlton realised they fucked up letting Will Satterfield walk. Well, okay. Will Satterfield's on about his fourth club, so I think four clubs would have <laughs> fucked up letting him walk if you think that. <laughs> obviously, Essendon sees something that no one else sees. My big call is one of Kerno or Mackay get injured because there's no way they can both make it through a whole year again. One of them won't kick 50 goals then. Both kick 60 this year. Happy with that? Moving on. Happy with that. To Craig's team, Collingwood. This is a good team on paper already, I can tell. All right, in the back, got Quaynor, Moore, Maynard, uh, moving forward, and Dacos, Howe, Pendlebury. Uh, Jay Dacos, Chris, Sidebottom, uh, Ford, Elliot, McStay, the new inclusion, and Hoskin Elliot, Ford, Ginevan, Mychek, and McCreary. Following with Cameron, DeGoey, Tom Mitchell with the new inclusion, and on the bench, Adams, Lipinski, Murphy, and Noble. I get to go first this time. I am very excited about this list. First thing I love, Mason Cox gets sealated. Thank God for that. I agree. He doesn't. Ma- we don't need him anymore. McStay will play that second ruck when my check is there, and uh, mid forwards are uh, uh, they can play tall and they can take marks. Changes. I make changes to the starting team. Jeremy Howe's not our centre half back. Either Nathan Murphy or Billy Frampton is going to be a centre half back. My mate James thinks Billy Frampton is the Jared Roughhead and he comes in and plays that that full back role. Um, uh, so effectively, Jeremy Howe goes back to being the third tall, which is probably the best. He didn't actually have Jeremy Howe in the team at all. I think he's crazy there. Um, Nick Dacos, I don't think he'll spend his whole year on halfback. Um, he's got to roll through the middle. Having a bench of Taylor Adams, Lipinski is above average. Murphy is that third tall. Um, he or Frampton plays. And then Noble, well, he's another one that can play with Pendlebury. I think there's just a lot of flexibility in there. And yes, I do think Tom Mitchell starts on the ball. I think Dugowie, Chris Mitchell is probably what I would have in the middle as well. And then Mitchell and Adams possibly rotate. But yeah. What do you guys see that I don't or do? I'd make changes to the team as well, but different from yours. Yep. Um, I think this year you move Nick Dacos to the half-forward line and you give him the license to roam and do whatever he wants. He's showed you that he's the best kick in your team. He knows how to get in position. He has like one of the best field kicks that you've seen in a long time. It's his first year. 
it's not worth having him just rebound out of defense when you've got like a Scott Pendlebury there. Like John Noble can go to the back line and fill the void from there. And him setting up goals and creating damage will be better for his long-term development. I'll put him on the ball and let him do the same thing because like mm-hmm. he's ready to go now. Like there's no point in wasting him as a halfback flanker. And yeah. his disposal efficiency was prime. Elite. And so- that's what I- do you want that coming out of defense or do you want that yeah. going forward? I was about to say that could that could be a massive game changer with his efficiency a lot of, hitting a target. Quainor, Maynard and Pendlebury and Howe and more, they can all hit targets out of half yeah, back. exactly. So, it's a waste of day cost at this yeah. point. Um, I would take Jordan Dugowie out of the midfield because you've got – if you've got Taylor Adams on the bench, he's a, he's an A-grade playing player. Jordan Dugowie can replace Bue McCreary in the forward line and that's damage. Jordan Dugowie – is like um, Charlie Cameron. People get scared when he's around. He attracts a lot of attention. People are scared to have to try to m- play with him one-on-one. I just feel losing him out the midfield and putting Taylor Adams in there, it adds a lot more to your forward line than it takes away from your midfield. But I also think, yep, hey, you need a little bit of excitement. You need a little bit of burst in the midfield. Jordan Dugowie goes in. But since you've got the midfield depth to cover him, I think he's a lot more damaged as a forward. Um, yeah, like I, I do agree with Craig. Um, it's a pretty good-looking list. Um, they were very active in the off-season. They definitely made their team better. So I feel like a lot of those, oh, Collingwood only won by three, four points, they'll start turning into, oh, Collingwood are beating people by 15, 20 points every game um, cool. because that's what they've added. They've added at least 10 to 20 points a game with the changes they've made. Um, the only thing now will be if Darcy Cameron gets injured, losing Grundy will be a big thing. But if Darcy Cameron stays healthy, this list looks really good. Yeah, well, I don't think there's much more to say on changing the list, but I'm going to come out with my big call and say Jordan Ngoi comes out and has an absolute cracker of uh, first half of the season. And then he's not going to be able to help himself and he's going to fuck up again in the bye round and have an off-field incident. Mine's going to be bad blood in the walls of Collingwood because of all the changes they've done. Um, and there'll be some articles that come out stating that a lot of Collingwood players aren't happy with each other. Wow, that doesn't sound like a not typical Collingwood year anyway. Um, just to your point before, Jordan Ngoi is Collingwood's best player, let alone best midfielder. He has to start in there. My big call is that Dan McStay, who's never kicked more than about 29 goals in a year, kicks 40. Fuck him, because he better. <laughs> so it's a big call because it fucking it's better happened. It's a big call because it's hopeful and you, because you're expecting it's hopeful, it of him. Yes, I'm expecting it because it's never happened in his life, but he better kick 40 goals. Otherwise, he's a waste of money. Uh, Ricky Reed in this one out. I think yep. you're next up. Yeah, Rick's up. How are you going for time? We're going all right? Uh, we're at 33 minutes for this one and yeah, probably about 50 minutes, 45. Okay. So maybe we'll, we'll get through three, maybe three. another yeah. three, three, three or so. Let's see. Um, so next up is Essendon. So starting um, in the back. Sorry. What kind of Essendon are they? Are the, they bomb, s- the bombed out. Bombed out bombers. The bombed Thank out you. bombers. <laughs> um, so Jordan Ridley, Brandon Zerk Thatcher, Jaden Lavarde. Um, then Andy McGrath, Jake Kelly, Mason Redman uh, on this. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying not to do that. But um, <laughs> the center line, so Nick Martin, Dylan Shield, Dyson Heppel, half forward line, Archie Perkins, Sam Wiedemann, who was one of their ins, 
Matt Guelfi, and then the forward line, Jake Stringer, Peter Wright, and Kyle Langford. And then on the ball, Sam Draper, Zach Merritt, Darcy Parrish. And on the bench, Will Setterfield, Jai Cordwell, Harrison Jones, and Nick Hind. Oh, Pete, you're up first this one. Good luck. <laughs> I I don't even know what to say about Essendon. Uh, they, I reckon, are going to slot down at least one or two spots. They'll finish 16th or 17th. They could well have a bottom four list um, quite comfortably. They might be a spoon contender. Um, Do you find anything you like there? Because we've got to find something we like out of that team. Well, I mean, Redmond had a pretty good year in the back line. Yep. Uh, that's probably a plus for them. If he can keep that form, at least there will be some sort of you know, consistency back in the <laughs> back in the back line yeah. there. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, he brought Setterfield in. He's, you said he's what? This is the fourth club? Yeah. And he slots straight into the... He's midfield rotation by being on the interchange. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he'll be all right, but uh, I don't know. The list just looks like fucking shit. It does <laughs> look like shit. It's pretty poor. Like- let's go. Let's have a look here. Jordan Ridley was like a, a rookie pickup. Um, Jake Kelly was a reject from the Crows. Uh, Nick Martin was a preseason pick. Dylan Shule is crap from another club. Sam Wiedemann couldn't get a game in Melbourne. They decided he's a good player to pick up. Jake Stringer was supposed to be a midfielder, and he had a good year, but Bulldogs were happy to let him go. Peter Wright, okay, tick. Big tick on that one from another club. Um, Sam Draper, he's got to be better than being a potato. Apart um, from goal of the year, he did fucking nothing. Yeah. Except have a shit haircut all year. Yeah, he needs a haircut. Will Satterfield, reject. Jai Colwell, reject. Um, I don't like any of this. They still don't have a key back. They're not playing Zach Reed, who admittedly averaged four goals against him at fullback last year, but they got to <laughs> play him. He's at least 200 centimetres tall. Zerk Thatcher is about a buck 90 and weighs as much as I do. He's just going to get destroyed. Jake Kelly is not a centre half back. Laverde is not a full back or centre half back either. He's about a buck ninety tall too. Fuck. I I don't like much. And they left out Nick Cox who and Ben Hobbs. <laughs> who I thought showed a lot. I, yeah, they're in the best twenty two. Yeah, I, and even Durham's in this best twenty two ahead of these some of these players. I well, I don't even know what to go with this list. If you have something positive to say, Rick, I think you should because I don't. This is a bottom four team. Um, <laughs> they're going to have their good players request transfers at the end of this year and they might get some draft picks in so they're not playing all these rookie players. But yeah. that's probably it. Um, not many of them probably have that much value. <laughs> but like a Nick yeah, Martin didn't, or Archie didn't Perkins. Apple get offered... Was it Heppel or so? who? He got like offered two Gold Coast or something, like a yeah. three-year coaching deal yeah, at like Gold a, Coast. Yeah, but I mean, that's just blind loyalty, I guess. I mean, well, I think Harrison Jones is a better this? forward than Sam Wiedemann. I come up with one that sounds nice, so that's what I'm going to go with, and okay. it also elaborates to what you said because I do think that S and N are going to be worse next year than this year. Yeah, I think other teams have definitely got better. They have not got better with Wiedemann and Setterfield coming in. That has and not made them better. 
my big call is the big call because it was the only thing that went right for them this year. But two meter Peter has a stinker. He doesn't kick fifty goals again. No. I mean, that's. I, I think he'll kick less than thirty goals. I think he'll really struggle, like because p- teams are going to be more aware of him. His Essendon's only avenue to kick bags of goals because Jake String is probably going to be fatter next year, and mm. like he's going to be like way more focal down. All right. Well, if you're saying that he's going to have a shit year, um, they're going to slot below the ruse and get the wooden spoon. Oh, I like oh, that. Oh. That's a good call. That is a very good call. Um, my big call quickly. I yeah, want to add yeah, best yeah, case yeah. scenario on the draft for Essendon is if they manage to get Sheasel at five. If he sits there for them, they should take that because that's a massive upgrade to that forward line. I think my big call is he's Louise. Uh, I think Rick elaborated on it earlier. Player Exodus at Essendon. I'm jumping on that bandwagon. If I'm Darcy Parrish, if I'm Andy McGrath, I don't even know who's out of contract. If I'm some of these half-decent players, then out you go. There's not much appeal to play for Essendon, I don't think. Yeah, they're close to full rebuild mode like North Melbourne. Yeah, I think they I think they really do have to be in full rebuild mode. And this team that they've given here, Mrs. Cox, Durham, Hobbs, Reed, like half their best picks of the last three or four years. So, yeah. Yeah, it goes back to why are they playing B-grade B football players yeah, if are. you've got kids that could help you well, get better in the fit. future? Yeah, yeah. cool. Like, it's, it's stinky. It's bad, bad coaching. Okay, this only is one guy's opinion of the starting 22, but, yeah, we'd make uh, a few changes. Also, here's something that is kind of funny. So, Brad Scott was the coach that fucked up North Melbourne. Mm-hmm. He's the one that... Dropped Boomer Harvey, dropped Drew Petrie, dropped all their aged players, and they went from like being mediocre on the table to they've bottomed out ever since him. And now they're they're bringing bringing that coach in that just sank North Melbourne to be the saviour of Essendon. Yeah, well, I mean, doesn't paint a good picture (laughs) at all. But Essendon needed an experienced coach, and we Swear to God, the, the week before they got Brad Scott, we said they fucked up because they didn't get an experienced coach and then they got one last minute. So, <laughs> egg on our face, but they got lucky grabbing the only guy out there. Uh, must the be Dockers. back to me in the Dockers. Excellent. Um, Jake is very happy with this team. Our occasional podcast guest who brings in a bit of content. Backline, Luke Ryan, Brennan Cox, Heath Chapman, Hayden Young, Pierce Clark. That's solid. Love it already. Um, versatile running players. Love it. Good ball users. Big tick. Uh, O'Driscoll takes the wing from Akers. Andrew Brayshaw, Aish. Fife, Luke Jackson, Frederick up forward. Welcome to the club, Luke Jackson. Centre half forward. Lockie Schultz, Tabana, Walters. A good mix of smalls there. Darcy, the finals MVP, Sarong, Will Brody. Jaya Miss, Jaeger O'Meara, Brandon Walker, and Sam Switkowski on the bench. They lost Lob and Mundy are the real and Acres, I guess, are the real big outs from that team. Um uh, I think it's Pete starts off this one or, or yeah, we're back to you, Pete. Let's I have mean, a look. What do you like? Lo- well, yeah, they've lost lost Mundy, Acres and Lob, but the team still looks still looks really good on paper. I think they still um they still have a uh, potential for 
pushing the top four, maybe just outside, but I think they should have another good year. Um, hopefully, five can stay injury-free and actually play some minutes and get the younger younger kids up to speed. But I I like the list that Freeman has got at the moment. I don't know how Luke Jackson is going to go playing half forward. I don't know about that. That might be a bit of an if. But um, other than that, I like it. I really like much of this list. I think Luke Jackson has to start centre-half forward. Um, that's probably their weakest area is their tall forwards. Like you said, I think Fife playing a full year and at full fitness is really important to this team taking another step forward. You've got a dual Brownlow medalist and and that's not something to be sneezed at, so I think he really will add a lot. I really love the last-minute pickup of Jaeger O'Meara. I think Brayshaw, Sarong, Brody carried a lot of that midfield, and I think they ran out of puff um, some weeks. I mean, Brayshaw and Sarong I mean, and Brody probably all don't run out of puff most weeks, but O'Meara is a, a solid player, and I think he really adds depth to that midfield that was probably lacking, so I think that spot-on pickup. Um, Luke Jackson and Darcy will form a good combination. Darcy is not a bad forward. Um, Tabernet needs to stay fit. And Amiss, I think, showed that he has potential as a full forward, so I think he will eventually move into that forward line. Um, I like this team on paper. I think it has a lot of potential. They get a harder draw, but they play 11 or 12. I don't know how many games. It's half a season. They play half their games in Perth. Um, you can almost chalk them up for wins every week. Yeah, big big tick to Fremantle, I think, in this one. Rick? Um, I'm worried about their forwards. Mm, I agree. They, they don't have any dominant tall forwards and they don't have any dominant small forwards. Um, like their centre line back to defence, tick, 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 really good. But... Their forward line, that they just don't have enough firepower to compete with the the big sides. Can't um, kick enough goals. I like that. Yeah, they can't kick enough goals. Like you said, Matt Tabernow, if he goes down, Luke Jackson's your full forward. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Luke yeah. Jackson is barely a forward, let alone your key full forward. Like if Matt Tabernow goes down, they will have to. Well, they rely play on Miss. Yeah, Sean Darcy will become the full forward. I reckon if Tabernow goes down, and they'll yeah. have to they'll have to put Jackson in the ruck because, like you said, Sean Darcy. Can play forward, yeah, he can. Um, and he's a big, he's a big boy, and he'll cause a lot of trouble for people. But oh yeah, his damage is he's a very good tap ruckman, so it's a loss loss. Um, yeah, losing Lob is going to be detrimental to their team. It could have been a flash in the pan, one good season though, so it's not the end of the world. But they needed to bring in an experienced forward, like a Jack Gunston, to this team would have made a big difference for like them. That call. Um, who you, they got for like he went cheap. And Fremantle didn't do anything to recuperate losing Lob, except brought in Luke Jackson, who they think can be a forward. But I just don't see him being a good forward. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't I don't think Fremantle will do as good this year as they did last year, um, just because of their forward line. Like, um, yeah, I just yep. don't, I just don't see how they're going to produce big, big scores and blowout teams. Like Michael Walters is a year older, and like he was their most dangerous small forward. And Matt Tabernet is their only full forward that they're actually willing to field on their team. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think they're uh, going to need big midfield and back line to hold this team together. 
Um, I agree with you though, Jager and Mira. That's a really good pickup for them. Last minute. Um, yeah. Massive. Their midfield depth is also not the best no, on top it's of not. the. After about those four players I named, it gets pretty thin. Yeah. Um, but no, do really like their list. My big call, Hayden Young gets his first All Australian jacket. Yeah, arguably should have got one last year too. Um, just also, where do you have him finishing on the ladder? Top eight again? Top eight, but like the bottom four of the yeah. top eight. I agree with that, Pete. Top eight? Yeah, top eight, but the. Bottom half. Just just outside the kind of top five, top yep. four. Uh, oh, my big call. Fife wins his third Brownlow, do it. Oh, oh fuck it. Fife wins his third Brownlow and gets back to his dominant best. Nathan Fife, if I could have a picture on my wall, he would be it. To be fair, he could be the forward player they're missing. Yeah, well, that's why. When he's fit and good, Nat Fife is like Marcus Bontempelli forward. Like, he's very unique in the aspect of what defender can match an aerobic, capable, good marking midfield size player. Like, no, he's a better yeah. mark than Bontempelli, but yeah. Bontempelli's probably a better kick. Yeah. So, but like, if he stays fit, he could actually be a legitimate, hard to match up on forward. He kicked 30, 35 goals. I think that's not unreasonable. Playing it predominantly forward, yeah. I reckon he could. Yeah, definitely. Right, Pete, what's um, cool? Only because I want to see it happen. Uh, Luke Jackson will kick 25-plus goals next year. <laughs> Come on, be more ambitious. Be more ambitious. More, <laughs> more than, than, than Lob last year. So, 31, 32? Yeah, he'll, okay, yeah. More than Lob. He'll, oh, he'll fill Lob shoes. Okay. Well, I mean, he only kicked, he kicked 11 goals last year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it so, had to be at least a tripling of what he did. At least a triple, yeah. Yep, I like it. Uh, uh, well, we got do, more time? We'll, we'll do one more. We'll do Geelong. So, Ooh, this would be a good one. This probably yeah. take five, ten minutes anyway with what they did. And then that'll probably wrap us up for the for the night. Uh, Geelong, back line, Koladashny, Henry, De Koning. Um, If you watched episode... Uh, if you listened to episode 18, Jack Tui, Tom Stewart, <laughs> Jed Bowes... <laughs> Um, Mitch Duncan, Dangerfield, Holmes, uh, half forward, Smith, Cameron, close, and Stengel, Hawkins, and Rowan up the front, and following there, Stanley, Guthrie, and Blitzarves. Um, Guthrie, Atkins, O'Connor, and Parfit on the bench. The any of the ins do you think would make the team there? Which you got the Bruin. Bose and Henry. I think Henry should replace Gary Rowan. Just okay. because Gary Rowan is already past his peak and he's a potato pumper. And he just <laughs> kicked, like he'll, he'll kick four goals against in a game that didn't matter because Tom Hawkins has already kicked six goals. Um, yep. And Geelong have an old lit, like an old team. And at some point they do need to start blooding some kids. But um, maybe Tanner Bruin on the interchange and give him a test. Um, Jack Bowes should probably even. I think all three of them should play. I agree. I think all play of them, play of them, all three of them come in. I yeah. think if I'm Zach yeah. Tui and Rowan, um, who's Zach Tui? Who's Jed Buse actually? Wouldn't you get rid of him? I don't even know who he is. Like I know who Zach Tui is. He contributes, but yeah. who's Jed Buse? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I think some of the, I mean, Zach Guthrie played a good finals, but I think 
Parfit didn't even make the finals team. He came on as a Medi-Sub. Medi-Sub. I think so. there's at least three players that could potentially move out of that team and Bruin, Bose, Henry in. I'd probably have it Henry, Bose, Bruin. That'd be the order I'd bring him in. Bose is already 24 and already made, and he's played good football. And, and Henry's got to go past Rowan at some and, point. And the thing is, like, realistically, Isaac Smith, um, Cam Guthrie, Patrick Dangerfield, they are all on the other side of 30 next year. One of them is going to – there comes a point in time when, like, Father Time gets everyone, and uh, one of them's going to slow down. And that's maybe. where – that's where Tanner Bruin can step in. Like, he can replace the injury that's surely bound to happen for one of these older boys. I'm going to say, I'm glad you said injury because you just named two of the top three in the Norm Smith medal <laughs> um, in Dangerfield and, and um, Isaac Smith. So that's a pretty rubbish call that you've just made right there to uh, move them out. There'd be other people to move out first. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying that they're going to get dropped for him. I'm no, saying no, no. injuries. Injuries going to hit I'm this. I'm glad town. you said injured and not like they're just going to drop off the face here because they literally were like two of the best players on the ground in the most important game of the year. Um, I also think it's. I would like for changes to the team. Um, I would have Mark Blicklavs back in defense, and I'd have Tom Atkins on the ball. He proved that he's genuinely one of their better midfielders. Last yeah, he year. should start. Yeah, and Mark Blickloves to the back lines and Jed Buse is out. Is um, Dangerfield back to starting in the midfield though? Or is, is Atkins starting there and Dangerfield comes off the bench like he did all year? I mean, in the grand final or in big games, you can be like, yep. The problem with Geelong is they have so many good players. It's hard to place yeah. where you'd want them. Yeah, I know. Like, you can't be like, oh, just put Patrick Dangerfield in the forward line because what, you're going to move Tyson Stengel out? You're going to move, <laughs> yeah. you're going to move, move Isaac Smith? Out. Yeah. Now, fucking Brad Close is going out. Fuck him, remember? Yeah, he's a fucking dog. That guy. <laughs> I hate that guy. But, um, but, but he's a good football player and he's serviceable. Yeah, he's a very good football player. So yeah. it's so hard. Like They've literally got people on their interchange who like start on other teams. Yeah, who starters yeah. on other teams? Like I was going to try like talk shit and say my big cause Geelong were going to be sliders, but I just don't see it happening. Like no, they, they have hold ground. Yeah, they might not win, like, but they they definitely yeah. have to be in the like, top four. Like, like seriously, like Sam DeConning is a young kid, and he's like one of the best lockdown backmen now. Yeah, Tom Stewart, the best quarterback in the AFL, I would say. I'd be happy to say that. Yep. yep. Mark Blicklavs can hold down any forward as well. So you're talking two elite key lockdown defenders. Yeah. Like that, those three players swallow your defense alone. And then you've got Zach Tui just running out there with his 60-meter kick, yep. launching it what, to Isaac Smith on the wing and Mitch Duncan on the wing and Max Holmes on the wing. Like There's just no weakness coming out the back line. I don't think there's any weakness coming out of anywhere, to be honest. like I'm but, struggling. I'm looking now and trying to find a weakness and I – then you've got three forwards who kicked more than 50 goals last year in Tyson Stengel, Tom Hawkins, and Jeremy Cameron. Is Reece Stanley the weak link in that team then? Because is Mark Blitzar a better ruckman than Stanley? Does Stanley get moved out? Stanley's a better ruckman, but if someone was going to go, he could go because Mark Blitzar can play ruck. But then again, you're better off. Like we talked about the fifth player you'd have on the bench. Mark Blicklavs is the ultimate utility. Oh, good call. He is the yeah. best fifth player yeah. you could get. 100%. I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste him as your Ruckman because you can get so much more from him everywhere else. Like, yeah. he he fucking tags 
legitimate speed midfielders because yeah, he's because his Endurance tank's so beast, big. Yeah, like there's no like, there's like no role that Mark Blickloves can't play. Like Justin Westhoff wishes he was Mark Blickloves. Yeah, well, looking at that out, Selwood Higgins, Narkel Dowhouse, Cooper Stevens, and I think they're actually better with all of them out. Who's like, going to be the captain? Hawkins? Well, it looks like Tom Stewart. Old. Tom Stewart's oh, the yeah. guy they, they keep saying, but he well, just I mean, got Hawkins, four weeks Hawkins of being a captain thug. of all the Australian teams, so why not captain a fucking Geelong? <laughs> That's a very good point. I mean, Dangerfield would love it, but yeah. is there any point now? Like, he won his flag. I think he's pretty happy to just chill out, I, I, think I so. reckon, and, and go fishing. I, my big call is back-to-back. After looking at their team. Well, you need to get in first if that's your call as well. And then Rick looks like a dick for stealing your call. But now you look like a dick for stealing his Cause, call. Because I would say, let me think about it. So Collingwood are going to be really good next year. Melbourne. Me- Melbourne are going to be good next year. But the way I see it is Collingwood can't lock down Tyson Stengel, Tom Hawkins, Jeremy Cameron. Melbourne can't whoa, lock down. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Billy Frampton. Have you heard of him? <laughs> Tom Hawkins will kick seven goals if you try to put Blue Frampton on him. What do you mean? We got him for a third round draft pick. He's obviously good enough to play on the All Australian captain. Yeah. This this team is like unstoppable unless Father Time hits them next year. <laughs> yeah, fair. I don't think. I, yeah. Back yeah. to back, I'm calling. That's a big call. Pete, do you know, give you time to make your. Yeah, I'll need another minute now. I'm going to go. Five. I'm gonna go seven all Australians from this twenty three of Geelong next year. So one third of their team is gonna be all Australian. Who who were the players that you had in mind when you were counting? Oh, uh, okay. I think Tom Stewart. Tom Stewart's one. I think Jeremy Cameron's one. I think Tom Hawkins is one. I don't see Stengel regressing. I don't know if he'll kick sixty, but he'll probably kick fifty. Um I see Mark Blitzard staying, so that's just five off the top of my head. I think Atkins can potentially push into there. I think Max Holmes could be an elite wingman too, and Sam DeConning could be an elite back. Dangerfield and, and Guthrie. I mean, Guthrie wasn't far away. He's consistent. Yeah, I, I reckon seven. They could have seven again. They could be. Yeah, I, I don't see him slowing down at all. So I'm happy to say that, yeah. They form a decent part of the... So back-to-back? <laughs> Maybe my back-to-back call's not big enough. No, no, it is big enough because it's hard to beat. You have to beat 17 other teams again all over again, so it is hard. But, yeah, I mean, based on what we saw in the game final and how dominant they were, it's hard to see where they fall off just losing Joel Selwood out of that starting team. Like, that's all they've lost. He, he was good in the grand final, but throughout the year, he wasn't one of the flagship players for their club. No, no, no. He, he played a good role. But, yeah. Pete, have you got one yet? Because we can only stall for so long. Oh, I've got... I don't know. It's up to you guys if... Uh, oh, it's a con- controversial, uh, more of a... You seem to be good at them tonight, so... Nah. All right, so Stengel. Yeah. You love when he plays Party too <laughs> hard. Party too <laughs> hard for the celebration <laughs> of the flag. Still on the nose, Candy. And we'll kick <laughs> around 30 goals. That's a, what did you say, Jordan, to goal as well? He said, back since a mid-season and goes off to yeah. Bali. 
He's he, just riding players off. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for Western Bulldogs. Bailey Smith's going to be a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey Smith is seen partying with Jordan Dugowie and, and Tyson Stengel on the crack. And, and Wayne Carey with some white powder. Supplied it from his bag. <laughs> I'm upset that we're not going to make one more team, to be fair, because my big – I'm going to say it now. My big call for Gold Coast is – Fucking Matt Rao becomes well, a Matt Rao. Yeah, no, 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 the Matt Rao card signed. That is the challenge that we have. That is the bet. Well, there you go. You'll be able to get it signed because he's going to train too hard, pop his shoulder again, so you'll be able to sign it for you when you go to him. Lean over the bench and be like, he signed I dropped you my fantasy team because you're shit now because you can't play football. Okay, who's reading this team? I'll read it out. Backline, Sean Lemon, Sam Collins, in, Ben Long. Halfback line, Charlie Ballard, Caleb Graham, Jai Ferrara, center line, Brandon Ellis, Took Miller, Elijah Hollins. Good to see him in the team. Half forward line, Joel Jeffrey, Mabor Chol, Ben Ainsworth. Forward line, Malcolm Roses, Ben King, Nick Holman. Following, Jared Witts, Matt Rout, Noah Anderson. Interchange, David Swallow, Jack Lacocious, Sam Flanders, Alex Davies. Hmm. Okay. Um, this team kind of looks shit on paper. <laughs> Sean, Sean Lemons, who? Ben Long, they let him go comfortably. Caleb Graham, I don't even know who that is. Jai Farrar showed a bit. Brendan Ellis, Miller, Elijah Hollands, I love. He showed enough last year that I'm going to try and trade for him in Dream Team. Hopefully you're not listening, James. But pick two is on the table for Elijah Hollands. Whoa, that's huge. Um, that's fucking huge. I'm gonna, I'll tell him. He would yeah. take that deal. I'll message James now and tell him he's offered for <laughs> Let's pick do two. a live trade. <laughs> oh, James calls in now. We can do a live trade. Um, for call line, him, call him. Joel Jeffrey, my boy Joel, Ben Ainsworth, Roses, who? Ben King. Thank God he's back because he makes that team look 10 goals better every week. Nick Holman's okay. Wits. Rao. Oh, I don't even know if Rao would be my next best midfielder, but someone's got to be there. Um, Anderson is better than Matt Rao already. Flanders, Davies, Lacocious, Swallow. Team just looks crap. Oh, just quickly, why the fuck is Jack Lacocious starting on the bench? He's in their best 18. Well, apparently not ahead of Lemons and Farrar <laughs> and Caleb Graham and Joel Jeffrey and Roses. I don't even know who these people are. Does anyone watch Gold Coast games? Because I don't actually know who yeah, but, these people are. But like, what I mean is Jack Lacocious is better because he was a really fucking good defender till they were like, oh, you have to be Ben King this year. And he's not, like he wasn't ready to be a yeah, king Yeah, no, forward. he doesn't have a spot because Farrar and Lemons have overtaken him. Um, being the second pick in the draft, clearly that's that holds no sway in this guy's team. Do they slide from twelfth? I just don't see where the improvement comes from. You've added Ben Long. No, nah. that's a fucking shit ad. Ben King, ben King is, in the- is that's a big that's a big in. But what's he so, going to be like after an ACL? 
Where, do you, where do you have them sitting on the on the ladder next year? They don't make the eight again. I'm sorry. Before we looked at the teams, I thought, yeah, fucking Gold Coast, they're yeah, going to get did. better. And, and after oh, looking at this, <laughs> there's a lot of no names here. And, like, they have a history, like a, a track history of fucking bringing in B-graders from other teams. And they just don't have enough bona fide stars. And then fucking they're going to have Jack Lukosius on the bench. Like, Yeah, well, he's probably the best kick, would be the best kick in their back line straight away. And he's not. Yeah. He's not there. Oh, like, who the fuck is Malcolm Roses? I must admit, they got about three guys with ACLs. I don't know. I know um, Will Powers won. That hurts a bit. But there's a couple of others who also are out with ACLs. But um, also, the, the depth is shit in this team, too. Connor Butterick was dominating for them before he got injured as well. Yeah, so he's another one on ACL. So they're missing a couple of, like, walk-up starters. I don't have Powell ahead of Lemons and... And Butterick ahead of some of these long for uh, kind of. I think they're missing a couple through injuries. They got Ben King back, who's massive. He'll kick 50 goals again, or hopefully. Because I think he's the better King brother, just quietly. All right, my big call is that these players that we don't know are going to have a fucking awesome season. <laughs> and Craig is going to have all three of them in his fantasy team next year. Oh, sorry, in 2024. They're going to have a prime season and Craig's going to trade for them all. So, Dry Farrar is one of yep. them. John yeah. Jeffrey. And Lemons. And Roses. Okay, and Roses. any of those no, three. Sean Lemons is a key defender. He'll never be fantasy relevant. But whoever Dry Farrar or yeah. Joel Jeffrey are, maybe them. Yeah. You're going to have them in your fantasy team in 2024. Because they're that good. Because they've shined this year in the best 22. Okay, I'm prepared to do that if they're- What's your big call, Craig? That they miss finals again. That's not a big call. We all, none of us think they're going to make finals. Make a big call. <laughs> um, ben King kicks 70 goals because he's the better <laughs> King brother and um, wins the Coleman medal. All right. Like I said, mine is Matt Rao becomes a bona fide A grader and I get my fucking Matt Rao card signed. That is a big call that you get your card signed first because Sarong is going to sign my card first. Just before we move on, I'll trade you Jai Farrar for pick two. <laughs> Do it. I don't even know. Do you actually have Jai Farrar? Do you even know who he is? I'm going to look him What's up. What's he look like? No, you look him no, up. What's he look like? I don't know who what he is. What color is his hair? But oh, it's, it's fucking like Rory Lobbs. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> you mean Rankin? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, that wraps it up for the week. We'll finish it at Gold Coast. We'll continue on with GWS onwards next week. Um, we had oh, you got the picture up, Rick. Jai Farrell looks like he'd be someone that Pete's arrested. <laughs> he is. He looks like a thug. <laughs> all right, so we'll move. We'll move on uh, next week's episode. We'll finish with the rest of the teams for the uh, best twenty-two and. Yeah, GWS on. Well, we had some te- technical difficulties this week, so episode 18 and 19 will be released together and the Jay Schultz interview will be out this week. Um, no Rick's reach out this week, Rick? Um, no, but I did try to become friends with Kautumi. So if anyone knows Kautumi, tell him to accept my friend request because we want him on the podcast because in about two months' time when the draft happened, he's going to be bored. So happy yeah. to have you on, brother. All right, easy. We'll be back next week.